Season's greetings to you and your loved ones. May this Christmas be your healthiest to date. The Christmas cheer is infectious here at the Wellness Couch and we've put together one very special hamper for one very special wellness coucher. One lucky person who registers for any wellness-based camp event in 2019 will win a wellness hamper including a selection of primal alternative Christmas baked treats to enjoy on Christmas Day, two jars of bone broth from our good friends at Tone Made, that's one beef and one chicken, and a VIP upgrade to the wellness base camp you're attending, including front row seats, dinner with the speakers, and a whole lot more. Valued at over $400, this wellness hamper could be yours when you register for the Wellness Base Camp in Fremantle, Newcastle or Auckland. All the details are at thewellnessbasecamp.com and all you need to do is get your tickets before the stroke of midnight on Sunday, December 16. Happy, healthy Christmas to you from all of us here at The Wellness Couch. Thewellnesscouch.com Streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Shift Worker with your host, Audra Starkey. Hello and welcome to The Healthy Shift Worker podcast. My name is Audra Starkey and I'm here to help you to manage some of the toughest challenges we face whilst working 24-7. I've got a super special guest on the show today, a lady who is an absolute force to be reckoned with uh, when it comes to helping her staff to improve their shift worker well-being in the workplace and that's Tracy Roder. Tracy is a team leader for Police Link, which is a 24-hour contact centre for non-urgent incidents based here in Brisbane in Queensland. And Tracy has an absolute heart of gold and is always looking for ways to improve the health and well-being of her colleagues, um, but has a special interest in mental health and well-being, which um, you know, even in this day and age still has a bit of a stigma attached to it when it comes to having those open conversations around our mental health. So to talk all things mental health in the workplace, I'd like to give a warm and friendly, fuzzy, shift-working welcome to Tracy. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Gosh, that was a beautiful introduction. I'm like, I want to meet that girl. She sounds really awesome. <laughs> well, I'm talking to her right now. <laughs> oh, I'm very honoured. I'm very honoured to be um, in the Healthy Shift Worker podcast alumni. I feel very honoured. So thank you for asking me to be on. Oh, you're most welcome. You're most welcome. I've never had somebody call it as, a, as a, an alumni before. Well, that's, good. that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're a part of an elite group of, of people that I absolutely handpicked to come onto the show. And um, yeah, look, it's um, it's just so nice to have you uh, here, Tracy. Look, I mean, we met, uh, gosh, baby, maybe, maybe about three years ago when you came in and saw me in our student clinic when I was still yeah. studying nutritional medicine at Endeavour College of Natural Health, I think. Yeah, I would have said it was three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Time flies. I know. It feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> it does. In a lovely way, but you get yeah. Yeah, yeah. And look, you know, we've, we've, you know, since kind of become good friends, which I absolutely love because you're a bit of a character. Um, You have a bit of a cheeky sense of humour, which, you know, I'm always drawn to. But I guess, you know what, um, we've kind of got to know each other a little bit more since you invited me into your workplace to deliver some of um, my healthy shift worker workplace wellness seminars, which has certainly been a lot of fun. Yes. And we've loved having you. We've had such wonderful feedback and the staff have just learnt so much. So we're very grateful that we've had the opportunity to have you come and visit us a couple of times and hopefully further in the future. 
Oh, that's great feedback. Thank you. <laughs> um, but something I didn't realise at the time, um, Tracy, was that you, because somebody else actually mentioned it to me, a, a colleague of yours actually um, mentioned to me that you had a special interest in mental health and uh, that it's going to be a topic that we're going to delve into shortly. But first things first, would you mind sharing a little um, with our listeners about yourself? Like, you know, what kind of set you on the path to be doing what you're doing now? Um, certainly. So I guess the, br- the brief version is I'm, I'm 43, I'm a wife and a mum and a shift worker. Um, I've been working um, very proudly for the Queensland Police Net Service now within Police Link um, for 11 years, 11 and a half years. Um, but I was actually just thinking about it before we came on, I've actually been doing shift work for nearly 17 years. So um it's been a, it's been a while. It's been a journey. I didn't even realize it had been that long. <laughs> so uh, currently, um, I'm working at Police Link, and I'm a team leader. So I have a, a manager staff of um, up to twelve, um, but we have over three hundred in our centre. Um, and I've been a team leader for eight years there. And before that, I was a client services officer on the phone. So um, in the cold face, talking to police officers, was lucky enough to get a team leader job in the same area. And one of the things I'm most passionate about in my role is is our, is our people. And um, we've got a a um, saying in, in within the organisation: um, our people matter. And I think that's that's the biggest mm. thing that we have. Um, and with, without our staff, our centre is nothing. We have the most amazing, amazing people who work with us and I, I can't do my job without them. I'm in awe of them every day. Mm. Oh, I remember seeing that that um, little uh, quote or suppose or a spear or whatever you want to call it at the bottom of an email that came through to me, our people matter, and I thought, wow, that yeah. is just brilliant. Whoever came yeah, up with that. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a fairly new um, program that the, that the service is running. Um, it's about healthy minds, healthy bodies, workplace health and safety. Um, but it's just really looking at that holistic, holistic perspective that, you know, there's so many facets to your staff and we have to really be looking after all, all of those different areas in their lives because I think we just, we just talked about um, just before we came on, you spend so much time at work mm. and so much time with your work family that it's only natural that, you know, the, this, these kind of things are going to come into the workplace. Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So what kind of hours um, do you work, Tracy? Is it like it's a 24-hour operation? We are. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm actually in a bit of a new phase at the moment. I'm actually doing um, a bit of project work. So I'm actually in day shift so which Whoa, what's that? <laughs> oh, I don't even know. How do people get anything done? That's my question. Um, so I kind of work, you know, eight to four-ish, nine to five-ish. Um, but pre in my normal role and in my substantive role for the last eight years, we do 24-7. So start anywhere from six in the morning, eight, ten, um, two, three, four, and then we do night work, um, ten to six overnights kind of thing. So um, we work at a nine-day roster. Um, but, yeah, in that nine days, there can be anything from 6 a.m. starts, 8 a.m., and then you, you know, might tack four, 10p to six days on the end and then with four days off. So it's 
it's it's rolling. Like we're very we we're lucky, I think, in the sense that you know we we get our roster you know up to a year probably in advance. Yeah. Wow. So, yes. <laughs> I know. Amazing. Up, like wow. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, but we we have the full 24/7 365 days a year where we're there kind of thing um like like every other emergency service and the people who look after the nurses and yeah we're we're there because other people need people need us and people need looking after so yeah, I remember when um, I was asking, um, I think the first time I went in to do the workshops and I was asking some of the staff, um, yeah, like what are your rosters like? And, and someone said that, yeah, that you have them up to like a year out. And I went, what? Like, yeah. seriously? Oh, my gosh. You know, my yeah. previous workplace was lucky. If if the, if we were lucky, it had to be like, you know, three to four weeks out. But that was it. And I know of plenty of other people who work various different shift working organisations. They might only need, you know, even know like a week out or, uh, yeah, so a year. That's just does my head it's, in. It's pretty good. Like, we don't, you don't know the exact time. Like, you know that, say, you're on a morning shift or a day shift. And the, the slide good. might be, say, six weeks out. You'll find out whether you're working 8 or 8.30 a.m. Yeah. But at least it allows for so much planning. And my hubby is a shift worker as well. So the mm. logistics of having two shift workers in the house, mm. a forward planning roster like that is invaluable. Mm. Throw in a couple of kids into the mix as well and you've got <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But in saying that, they my kids know no different. So I went um, back to work after I had my boy who's 17, just turned, well, 17 and a half, and I went into um, working – for a banking organisation, processing checks and deposits, and so he was six months old. So my kids know no different. They they like that their mum and dad do shift work. There's a lot of benefits for it. Mm. You know, we have I have four days off, or I have days off in the middle. I can go and I ne- never feel like felt like I missed out on any school stuff for them. Um, hubby and I could work out pickups and drop offs kind of thing. So there's a lot of lot of benefits. The downsides are the same as like any, you know, really like the Christmases, the Mother's Day, the birthdays, you know, you're going to inevitably miss them. But I think the positives outweigh the negatives. Mm, hands, yes. hands down. And it's lovely to go to the movies by like on at 10.30 on a Tuesday morning when everyone's working. Oh, totally. <laughs> Absolutely agree with you. <laughs> yeah. And then go to the shops or have a coffee and mm. people. So that kind of stuff, mm. oh, love it. Mm. I'm totally with you there. It's, yeah. it's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's so, so good. good. And I think, it's, I think it's really the same as any job. Every, every job has some kind of negative side of it. Yeah. But the positives for shift work, I think the flexibility it offers for people is just great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So for our listeners, uh, Tracy, like I, I gave a little bit of a background, um, but could you explain um, what exactly is Police Link? Because I have to say when I was first contacted, um, I myself, I like to say being a fairly good law-abiding citizen, did have to do a bit of a Google search when I first heard uh, um, of it. I guess, you know, we're not just there for that kind of stuff, but um, Police Link is the primary contact point for the Queensland Police Service. So we opened in 2010 and several other states um, around Australia have it as well. So we opened with the idea to enhance the ability of um, on-the-ground officers um, to provide a more timely response so you can speak to us, um, civilians, 
in our centre, um, possibly rather than attending a station or waiting for police to attend your house when you might not necessarily need a police officer there kind of thing. So we can help do a lot of things on the phone. Um, we're, we obviously, like I said before, we met with staff 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, so perfect for your other shift worker listeners. You can ring us anytime. Um, we... We've, there's only one police link for the whole of Queensland, so we we manage all the calls throughout the state, um, and we also um, provide online reporting for offences. And so online reporting can be used for some property. Like if you've lost your phone, for example, or you know you've had um, some property damage, you can jump online to the Queensland Police website and put a report through. And that's like available when you don't need your report number immediately, and there's really no requirement for immediate police action. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah. yeah, so if people ring us, they might want to report a break in our, they might want to report that their car's been stolen. So we can take immediate action. We can put a, like a stolen flag on the car. Um, it allows the police, we have direct line to police communication, so it allows them maybe to put a, a broadcast out to the officers who are out driving around for their car. Um, so we can kind of do things instantly. And we can do reports for you. And then if the police um, officers need to follow up with you later, they might come, you know, you report something to us at midnight. They can might come to you within daylight hours. But we can get the basically get the job started. Mm, that's really, yeah, that's super convenient in, you know, this day and age, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. And, you know, if something happens, you know, you you can ring at midnight or you can ring at 3 in the morning. You know, you've just come home, you've been broken into, you can ring us straight away. Yeah. Can get the and then that allows you to, you know, get insurance done. Or, or so we kind of just provide an. It's just it's another option if you want to go to a police station or you particularly police to come. Absolutely, but we just provide another option. I know I'm a person. You know, if there's something online, I'd rather do it online all the time. Yeah, so, yeah. it's not available for everything. Um, but the things that it's, it allows you to put on, you can email us in photos of property damage that we can attach to your report. So it just allows another another way to contact us. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I'm imagining the role though involves a lot of sitting for your for yourself and your workmates. Is that it right? Does. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it does. It does. Yeah. We've um, been lucky enough to get some sit-stand desks, which have been really good and used, uh, highly sought after. Um, mm. But, it, yeah, one of the downsides of working, I think, in any call centre is you're pretty much sedentary. Like it's a yeah. you're there on desk because you're at the computer kind of thing. Yeah, that's just money. It's finding ways to kind of make sure that you're getting some kind of movement in, even if it's micro movements, isn't it, in yeah. your chair and, and yeah. stuff like We're, that. We do like a, you know, pretty much on our, our – our guys to get up and move or stretch second like you have a yeah. little break stretch get up kind of thing and unlike other call centers we could have a quick call that's five minutes or actually you could be on the phone like say for an hour hour and a half depending on what the person has to report so then it's very dynamic yeah, but wow. everything yeah. really is different Mm, yes, that, yeah, it's really interesting. So what sparked your interest in wanting to become more involved in improving the health and well-being of your um, co-workers, Tracy? Was it something that you struggled with yourself or that you noticed that your work colleagues were struggling with? Um, yeah, what kind of, obviously we know as shift workers, we've got that whole other level that we've already got before we even start our job because of the disruptive sleep kind of disruption behind mm -hmm. it. But yeah, what kind of sets you off onto the journey of being so interested in it? Um, it was a combination actually of um, lived experience, so my yeah. own journey. Yeah. Um, 
and I think the thing that really got me about work and and passionate about that kind of is um some beyond blue statistics that I read and um the the two main ones were that you know one one in two people are going to experience a mental health condition at some point in their lifetime one in two and then one in four yeah Yeah, one in two so half so it's really it's really not now if you know someone it's really everyone will know someone it's but it's more like whether you know whether they disclose it or whether they're they're kind of keeping it to themselves or they actually haven't even identified themselves they have a problem so one in two just blew my mind so half of Australians will suffer some kind of condition in their lifetime um but the one that I think really hit me about work was that one in five Australians will experience a mental health condition in a year so I kind of looked around being in not a great place myself and thought, so 20% of my co-workers are struggling as well. Yeah, right. In my mind. And I thought, and we've, we, we've got um, a great support network within QPS. We've got um, peer support officers within um, each workplace. Then we've got trained psychologists H, who are called HSOs, human services officers. We have chaplains. We have 1-800 numbers. We have so many facilities for support, but that stigma, that shame is still there that stops mm. people. Support. So and I wasn't coping and was diagnosed with really chronic anxiety and depression and did everything possible specifically at work to make sure that nobody knew. Which is exhausting. Uh, okay. And it was like kind of like a duck. So on the on the on the surface I was really calm and look you know, I'm looking after everyone and underneath it's just this frantic chaos mess, like paddling and there's water going everywhere. But so I thought, you know, as a team leader and as a mum even, like at home you kind of, you know, you've um a role been a role model and people look up to you and you need to look you know make sure everything's okay but really on the inside I was just struggling and I think it was that I'm like well if I'm struggling then there's 20% hypothetically of my co-workers are struggling too and if they're like me they haven't told anyone and they don't want anyone to know and it's just crippling so I really came had a bit of an epiphany one night you know as shift workers you're lying there at one o'clock in the morning yeah. <laughs> and all your best ideas come up totally yeah yeah <laughs> um and I just kind of had this like oh I just don't want – I kind of – I got – I was um, – both um, Both my kids have had some issues um, and, and struggles in their life, so I've been the care and support to them, and I just kind of thought, you know what, if, if I don't want anyone else to feel this way, like if I'm feeling like this and I've kind of been – aware enough to get some support and get some help and, and I'm kind of feeling like I'm climbing out of the hole now, there's all, all these people around me who are still in this hole and don't even have a concept of how to get in there, who to talk to, and are just likely to drown. So I just kind of thought I just can't let this happen. So I went back into work and just kind of we had a team meeting planned and I had all this stuff on the agenda and I just kind of pushed it to the side and just said, look, I'd had a workplace injury about a year before that and, you know, I think – and that, that contributed to my mental health. Triggered um, it maybe. I, Triggered yeah, it, do you think? Oh, absolutely. Just, yeah, you know, or added um, to it. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of lose all sense of self. And, you know, I had a shoulder dislocation, so I couldn't do things for myself. And I was um, on a considerable duties like under work cover, so couldn't do my mm. TL role at the time. So it really you lose that sense of belonging even. So I kind of went into my team and said, 
I know we've got this agenda here, but I just have to talk to you and just kind of let it all out, let the floodgates open. And I just really thought because when you're in a dark place, all those negative thoughts and those I call them my anxiety girl and my head just convinced me that no one cared, no one really worried and they just roll their eyes and I go, yeah, whatever. And they just sat there when their mouse had all dropped, gobsmacked, but like, but you can't because you're this, you're, you're bubbly and you're happy and you do everything for anyone. How can you be like mm. not coping like this? And I'm like, oh, I just assumed that everyone knew and they were just kind of being, you know, not nice to not say anything. And they were just all flawed. I'm like, oh. So I've just had this, I guess, epiphany that I just, I'm, I've had the worst six months and I don't want anyone else to go through this again. And if I have to put my hand up and say, yep, this is me and I'm not coping, then maybe someone else can. Mm. And it was, and I, it's, yeah, it's, it's really blown my mind. Um, that was probably two years ago. Um, the amount of, my conversations that that's opened because I've gone to team meetings since and um, done some tra- some training within our organisation and been completely honest. This is what's happened. This is how bad I felt. This is the help I support. This is what I thought. This is the support I've got. Um, it's had life changing conversations and the 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 one thing that people have kind of said to me is I didn't know who to talk to. I thought it was just me. I thought I was too embarrassed. But that lived experience just I think gave credibility. And I think that people just felt comfortable to open up. So I think like that was like I just want to make a difference and hopefully that that's that's what's happened. Mm, yeah, wow, what a story, Tracy. Yeah, yeah good for you. Good for yeah. you. I, I just kinda of go, Oh, it's just nothing, it's just me. But I think that's that's I thought well if I'm feeling like that, then I'm there's nothing special about me. All these other people are feeling like that and mm. I, I just don't you know. These, this is my family. This is my work family. I care about these people, but you know, and the people who have probably several people of the people who've spoken to me since are definitely the people that I I would never have picked it either. There you go. You know, yeah, what, it, it's it's right. it's about putting up on that mask, isn't it? Wearing that mask, which is exhausting. And yeah, it, it's a full time job just having to do that. Mm. And then you know, mm. I you do it at work. And then you do it at home, and you really then are caught in this bubble of emptiness and nothing, and the self-fulfilling um, thoughts of negativity just kind of circle around in your head. So you really like don't have anyone to be honest with, and then that stigma of shame: will people judge me? What will my workmates think? What will my boss think? I don't want to be seen as any less of a person. Mm. Just kind of. At you point, you really believe I just I just can't tell anyone, and I'm the only one who feels like this. I'm mm. the only one in the world who feels like this. And as soon as you share that with someone, um, it's life changing. I was about to say, did you feel like a sense of overwhelming relief once you'd kind of got it off your chest and sort of shared yeah. it with others? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think I wasn't in my head. I had a vision of what I thought the response would be, would be eye roll, oh, yeah, whatever, drama queen, yep. And it was just oh, really? support okay. and yeah. acceptance. Oh, and I think that was that was just my anxiety because, you know, you could, yeah. I catastrophize and it's always the worst. And it's a self-preservation method as well because if I think it, I don't doesn't matter, you know, I don't have to. When someone else kind of says it or projects it to me, I'll be okay because I've already thought that. But it was just one of support and welcoming and love and just – amazing 
amazing. And I think that was the other thing that probably opened up the gates that people saw that, oh, she hasn't lost a job and, you know, it, it seems to be okay. So it was, yeah, it, it just it made it okay to have those conversations yeah, and for others to sort of feel that they could, um, yeah, feel comfortable about confiding and talking about it because it's it's just it's yeah. crazy that it says this stigma attached to it even now when it's just a uh, like physical absolutely. and mental health is just, it, it it's a health you know the only difference is that one is more visual a lot of the time and the other's not and for some bizarre reason we just seem to have this a, a stigma attached to it and think that we would you know are not a good person from having it and. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is. There's, there's a couple of really great little comics I've seen online like that liken mental health yeah. to, to physical health ailments. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, you wouldn't say to a diabetic, don't take your medication. Yeah. You know, or oh, just, try not, just try not to be, you know, if you've you know, got another, just try not to be sick. And it's like, oh, yeah, you kind of don't think of it like that either. Mm. Even myself, I'm like, oh, you know, but it's really, it's, if you're mentally unwell, it, it has a holistic thing. You're, you're, you're on the whole, like there's so many symptoms that show physically as well. Mm. Yeah, well, actually, that's true. Yeah, that, that's yeah. very, very true. They just, they just manifest, and it's just, yeah, it just comes. It's it's such a big thing, and with those statistics, it's so prevalent, but it's still. Yeah, there's such stigma attached to it, which is unfortunate. But hopefully, hopefully we we can change that. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, we're just getting a little bit of crackling in the background down there, Tracy. Is it just make sure that you're sort of not moving around too much for me, just so that um, our listeners yeah, okay. can hear your beautiful voice chatting away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I did want to kind of mention that um, you know, shift workers can be. I think we both know because we obviously worked through it, um, can be vulnerable to things like anxiety and depression purely from, you know, the physical sense, um, you know, from that lack of sleep disruption or deprivation, whatever you want to call it. Um, but it can actually wear us down and make us, you know, less resilient. And, look, there was even a study um, that I read about how emotional empathy declines when we're tired, which means we're more likely to say and or do things that we wouldn't ordinarily do had we enough, had we had enough sleep. What are your thoughts on this, having kind of lived through it? Oh, 100%. Yeah. And just oh, I think – when I was working my first shift work jobs, I was working the evenings. I think I spent six years sleep deprived. No, oh, six. <laughs> to be honest. Six, yeah. <laughs> you didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> yeah. And you can't, as much as you think you can catch up, you can never catch up. Mm. You can never catch up. Yep. And I think any, you know, any like any parent who's had that, you know, sleep deprivation with new babies, you just, your fuse is short. You don't make good choices. You know, you don't say things that you'd probably say if you were alert and functioning well. It's, it's, yeah, it's not a good recipe. Mm. It's, it is, and I think even just you know, yeah, you, your body, um, your body is not meant to be say up at night. So automatically, it's fighting that urge for you to be like, yeah. Which I just think I know it's cranky. It just makes me cranky just being awake at night. <laughs> Yeah, but so I think it's my, imp- my my my. So you go. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Sorry, you go. <laughs> I was going to say. I think though, it's just important that people are aware of that. 
So that it's just having that awareness so that you can then um, perhaps, you know, like if you could sort of feel like you're ready to snap or say something is to maybe just take a deep breath and have a bit of a think about it first or, you know, just sleep on it, wait, you know, just don't get into that conversation and yeah, yeah because if you don't don't, have don't that awareness, email or have a conversation when you're sleep deprived yeah precisely <laughs> exactly yeah exactly um, yeah you know and more and I was going to say more to like obviously with our workmates but our family is who we love and cherish the most and that is is something that I really try to kind of hit home in my conversations um, you know particularly through the workshops at the end of the day like our our relationships are the most important thing our family um you know they're out there there are reasons why we do this but of course our workmates um you know do form that other kind of family uh as you as you kind of were mentioning before and i think it's important that uh you know that you're you know just being again being aware of it so that um you know you don't want to hurt your other workmates feelings and and, and so forth no which I think is it, it's just easier on when you're like that. And I think my I know my my family when when either hubby or I'm on shift work, I think there's just a different feel in the house. You kind of got to give a bit, be you know mm. a bit more empathetic yourself, and just you know just take that into consideration when you're having you know, having interactions. And same, I've, I've I've seen it in my workplace. It's a lot of those times it's your co-workers who kind of pull you up and go, hey, are you all right? Like, yeah. Ah, good yeah, point. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. I, I, we hear that a lot. Just, you know, and you can tell whether it's interactions, you know, amongst yourselves or, you, you know, and it's, I, so much a lot of the times that how much sleep did you get today, which is always the topic of conversation, <laughs> like when you start a night workshop, how much sleep did you get today? Yeah. <laughs> but if. If there's a little bit of tension, I, I do, oh, hey, how would you sleep today? No, I didn't. Okay. Okay, right. <sighs> no, point taken. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, I, it definitely, it definitely, um, yeah, lack of sleep is just on your emp- being empathetic. It, it, it's, hard. it's hard work, which in itself is then exhausting as well. Yeah, yeah. So before, I mean, I could talk for ages, but we're probably getting near the end of time, um, Tracy, but could you share with our listeners some tips and strategies? I don't know, maybe if you've got your top three or something, um, you know, with our listeners who might be kind of doing it a little tough right now. Perhaps they have, they're keeping to themselves, they're putting up a bit of a front, they're wearing that mask because they are worried about the whole stigma. Um, you know, they're worried about what their workmates might think if they knew that they were struggling mentally. Um, you know, yeah, could you kind of, um, you know, share with your top uh, three tips to kind of um, cope, I guess, and, and with, you know, and just in case they're needing yeah. some tips? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, as, you know, I'm, I'm no professional and everything, yeah. it's, it's all about as well what works for you. But I think my first tip is above all, just talk to someone. So the first step is always the hardest. So it might be sometimes, well, actually a lot of the time I find that people, it's the people closest to them that it's actually the hardest to talk to. So putting a little bit of distance between the person that you're, you know, uh, familiarity. So it might be a GP um, and um, a doctor or Lifeline or Beyond Blue, but just actually talking to someone and just kind of saying the words, I don't think I'm really coping. And 
you know, that's that's really hard, but it really just opens up this whole other world for you to get help. Mm. And then it's not as personally, not there going to your best friend or your wife, I'm struggling. It's but it's more that acknowledgement, I think I need some help. Yep. Um yeah, and a lot of so you can just ring a phone because as well, talking to someone in person can be really confronting. So there's several like Beyond Blue, Lifeline, um there's one three gov. Um, so the Queensland, so Queensland House, and so just even talking to someone on the phone, it's not in person, so it can be less confrontating as well. That's a good tip. Um, yeah, 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 because you're not there looking at someone. I guess mm. having to say, "Oh, mm. I'm doing well," but having Absolutely. some stranger on the phone who might be able to refer you somewhere, but you've taken that first step. And they've also um, validated and justified your concerns. One of the biggest problems is that people are scared of is when they tell them that somebody's not going to believe them or somebody's going to ridicule them. So just maybe telling a stranger over the phone and getting some help that way can be a really good start to down that track. Down mm. that track. Um, my second tip would probably be to find your passion, find something that sparks your joy that's going to bring some happiness into your life. So it could just be going and sitting outside in your garden. It could be taking the dog for a walk. Um, It could be bike riding, whatever it is, like, you know, but do something that brings some kind of happiness to you because we find – well, shift workers on a fine. It's really hard to find that balance, that life balance, that work life balance, that work family life balance. But if you're finding something that is making you happy, it's it's easier than just kind of to see through the clouds and think, you know what? Yeah, I can I can get that help or I can kind of, you know, talk to someone. Mm. Um, and then probably my third thing that I'm a really big fan of is mindfulness. So yep. um bit of a stigma with mindfulness as well like oh I don't want to meditate I can't meditate it's boring it's just all I can say is you know give it a try give it a try and my favorite app um and website is called smiling mind yes um they have a, a really yeah mm. and they're looking to put it into schools it's just amazing um they have free app um free meditations on a website and it's, it's just about finding some calm in the chaos of life. You know, we're not asking to sit there and kind of, um... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sit all cross-legged, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, but it's just about, like, I guess sitting still, doing nothing and just letting the... It's okay to let the thoughts wash through. So I find found that has been a really big help because it just makes me stop and just do nothing, which when you've got anxiety and, you know, you've got a really chaotic job is really hard as well and it also feels like oh I shouldn't I shouldn't be just doing nothing but you're not doing nothing it's just you know um you know studies have said like 10 minutes of mindfulness a day can improve your mental health your physical health reduce sick leave um increase happiness and for you not just for you but for those around you as well Mm. so it's just something if people haven't tried it I say have a go and you know there's so many free uh, other free apps and websites it's like anything you've kind of got to find the one that works for you I've been through a lot and I've kind of you know suggested this one to a lot of people at work and we've used it a little bit at work and it's it seems to be really well received males females older younger so I really really like that one Mm, yeah it's funny though that you said about the doing nothing sorry to interrupt um, Tracy that's right no 
just in regard, you know, we feel guilty about doing nothing. I mean, why should we feel guilty about doing nothing? Because we are just go, go, go. Like we've got this permanent on switch, which is, you know, really driving our stress, putting, you know, putting our nervous system under a lot of unnecessary pressure, which it already is when we work shift work. So we, you know, it makes it even more important to kind of have that downtime, like put the, let's just turn the stop button on for a moment surely everyone can do it 10 minutes a day pause absolutely (laughs) yeah yeah you were in that constant sense of fight or flight Mm. and in in the role that my guys do like it's you know and a lot of other roles you never really know what you're gonna what's gonna happen when you go to work so then you kind of come home Mm. you still don't know so just having that 10 minutes of focus the first few times, yes, it, it does seem like a long time. And after you've done it a few times, literally, they're going, oh, is it finished already? Yeah. But it's just so mm. calming and soothing. And you really kind of go, okay, you know what? I'm, I've got this. I'm ready to kind of go and set the day. Um, and my last tip would probably just, you know, just be kind to yourself. I think oh, we're nice. so, nice. so vulnerable and we're our worst enemy. We'll just, oh, I'm so stupid. Oh, I should have done this. I should have done that better. Oh, I didn't do this. When really we don't focus on all the good things that we do and all the amazing, wonderful things we've done during the day, but we're so quick to, you know, bag ourselves for what we haven't done, which then just is this, has this circle of negativity, which is not good for physical or mental health. Mm. Oh, I love that one. That's a perfect one to end off on, Tracy, being kind to ourselves. Yeah, like, I mean, if, um, yeah, we actually sort of listen to some of our thoughts that we say to ourselves, it's like you would not say them to a, your best friend. <laughs> so no. would you really hard it's, on ourselves? Would you say that to me? And I looked at them like, of course I wouldn't. Then why would you say it to yourself? Mm. They wouldn't say it to you if you wouldn't say to someone else out loud there's no reason you should say it to yourself Mm, yeah bingo (laughs) spot on spot on i'm still working on that one of course yeah yeah we all we all are it's always a a work in progress yeah it's a work in progress but yeah well look they are some excellent strategies um tracy i think um and everyone uh, listening is going to um definitely be writing those down in in dot points and uh, maybe even going back and listening to it again because i think um you know they're just so such great, simple, practical, doable, implementable, whatever word you want to use it, um, strategies that you can actually um, begin to, um, yeah, and it begins by, as you said at the beginning, just talking to someone at the beginning and just kind of get things off your chest a little bit instead of bottling it up because uh, we know that bottling yeah. up is not um, – yeah, it's not kind of an ideal situation. So, and you know, w- without judgment, I think people are always scared that the people are going to judge them. And but look, more and more people are talking about it, and it's all okay. So, yeah, yeah, it is, it is. Mm. And then it's that I guess that giving back as well, because you know, if you put that out there, people are going to see that and hopefully go, you know what? I saw, I saw Joey do it over there. Hey, I can do this too. Mm. So, yeah, lead by example. Yeah, lead by example. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Mm. Oh, yep. 
Awesome. Well, yeah, that's um, yeah, been so good um, catching up with you, Tracy. I'll definitely make sure I put all of those um, details and um, you know things that you sort of mentioned um, in the show notes underneath. And but if someone was kind of listening and wanting to kind of roll out like some kind of a mental health program in their workplace, or you know they wanted to kind of bounce some ideas off you, is there a way that they can sort of get in contact with you at all, Tracy? Um, yeah, absolutely. I can, um, I'll put, you can put my email address in the show notes. Yep. Yep. Happy for people to do that. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, I'll add that, um, into the show notes below and, um, yeah, that'd be great just in case someone, um, is quite inspired from what you're doing because I, you know, it takes somebody else to have the courage and it did. It was a courageous thing that you did by, you know, speaking up and speaking out and it's a very admirable thing that you've done. And, um, I'm sure that there are a lot of people that I think I, I spoke to you just, um, on the last, we were standing outside the car. I was about to go home after the last workplace wellness that I delivered with you. And I said to you, gosh, Tracy, I think I would have loved to have worked with you. I reckon you'd be so much fun. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was that? Sorry, you just dropped out. Not, oh, look, my, look, my kids think I'm not. My kids think I'm not fun. They don't believe course, that, like, yeah. I have this work persona. But <laughs> 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 we have... Well, I think, if, I think, you know, like you've got to have some kind of fun and enjoyment in your workplace as well. Like that in itself um, supports and helps, you know, mental health and well-being in your workplace. Absolutely. Yeah, there's a time and place, you know, to be serious and get the job done and everything. But I think, um, you know, we still need to, um, you know, have a bit of, you know, be able to muck around a little bit and have a bit of fun because life's too short to be serious all the time, that's for sure. Oh. Absolutely, absolutely. It's too important and, you know, you, you're with these people, you're with your work family and you really do spend more time with them and, you know, you spend Christmases and birthdays with them mm. so it's only natural that, you know, to look after them and, and have have great, have great a really good place to uh, environment to work in. Mm. Yeah, what a, what a perfect way to wrap up the podcast. <laughs> um, Tracy, look, it's been an absolute delight to have you on the show. Um, as I said, you know, at the beginning, I just, um, I'm really um, in awe of people like yourself that are real leaders in their workplace that understand the importance of workplace wellness, um, you know, as a human factor, because we are human beings, we're not human doings. Uh, and I think, um, you know, people like yourself that, um you know, that um, just take charge and, and start to um, put things into practice and, and um, you know, looking after their, their workmates and colleagues. It's it's just such a admirable thing to see and I'm sure that, um, you know, the people that work with you uh, are certainly very lucky to kind of have you there, that's for sure. Oh, thank you. I'm, I think I'm, I know that I'm very lucky um, to work where I work and have the um, amazing people I do around me. So it's a team effort. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Alrighty. Well, that's it for another edition of the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. If you like the show, please feel free to share it with other shift workers you think may benefit, as this will help me to spread the Healthy Shift Worker message to shift workers and organizations all around the world. It also helps if you could leave us a rating, preferably five star, if you really liked the episode, um, as this will help me and my podcast to kind of gain an even bigger reach globally, which will enable me to help more people. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Until next time, may you continue to be as healthy as you possibly can be, despite working 24-7. 
This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.